Okay, everybody, you heard the news, yeah? Shelter in place begins now. So you know what that means. Drew, you go get the snacks. I'm on it. Zach, you go get the toilet paper. Paper towels, you got it. And me, I'm gonna go find the hand sanitizer, because we're gonna need... Oh, hey there. You're that audience member person. Well, you better come down with us. We don't want you outside. Hey, guys, look who I found. Oh, uh, hi. I'm Drew. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach. Hey, how, how you doing? Welcome to Nitwick. We're getting ready to hunker down and never leave this room until this pandemic is cleared over. Mm-hmm. Drew, did you get the snacks? Oh, I got the snacks. And I've got something very special as well, boys. Behold, the big book of how to not die in a plague by Scott R. Riffle-Raffle. Wait a second, where'd you find that? Uh, I got it off Amazon. It was rated quite highly by uh, uh. anonymous sources. I think it'll do, uh, I think it'll do well. I was skimming through it, and it looks like it's got a lot of helpful chapters and tips on uh, what to do during a time of crisis and uh, examples of those crises. And uh, That's good. Yeah. And I can't help but notice some of them feel oddly familiar. Maybe mm. we should start off and, uh, you know, give it a look so that we too can be prepared to hunker down and survive whatever's coming our way. What do you say, boys? And audience member. I like it. Well then, let us take a look in this big, beautiful book. Chapter 1. How to Survive a Zombie Virus. Okay, hmm. interesting, interesting. Oh wow, you know, as a direct reference, they say do whatever you would do in Resident Evil 1 through 6, including the spin-offs. Wait, what about 7? Um... I think the book was made before Seven was released. It's like it's kind of an old copy, and you know, it's a little dated. Mm. Uh, You'd need to get the updated one. Yeah, well, yeah. that that works out pretty well. I've I've been pretty knowledgeable about Resident Evil series, so I have a pretty good idea of what you would and wouldn't want to do if you were in a zombie outbreak, a la Resident Evil. Well, why don't you tell us, man? So, Resident Evil is a series of is a really long-running series that's a survival horror one, and its whole kind of premise is you are playing as the set of characters dealing with the Umbrella Corporation and all of the fallout that they've caused them. They're B.O.W.s, or Bio-Organic Weapons. Mm. Mm -hmm. it's, like a, it's like a slightly different way of saying WMD. Well, the funny thing is, is that some of the games will call them B.O.W.s, and then I'm pretty sure one of them called them BOWs, and like... Don't call them that. That doesn't make any sense. Sounds like but anyhow, weirdly... uh, you've been attacked by the bows. It just sounds like a bunch of dogs, honestly. Which I, I think well, there are dogs in it, right? Like, there's a very, yes. very yeah. famous jump scare with a dogo. Well, that's in Resident Evil 1, and probably the one that's most closely related to, like, a zombie outbreak. I see. Um, I see. Because, uh, the, so the game started with Resident Evil 1 on the PlayStation 1, and in that one... You are playing as Chris and Jill at part of the STARS unit, and you're going through the um, the Spencer estate, I think, and going through and kind of dealing with all of these zombies that have shown up from the T-Virus. And as the series has gone on, it has kind of evolved and changed. So, mm. Oh, like the virus actually like, evolves throughout the games, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, kind of. That's interesting. So like, That's a good plague tip to be aware of, that viruses do mutate interesting interesting <laughs> i mean well that's true real world real world plague viruses probably aren't mutating like the umbrella ones do because you'll start in resident evil 1 with just zombies and then later in resident evil 1 you'll find out oh there's a there's this crazy like frog hunter thing that it was made and then later games start having parasites and they start doing i think one of them had like um what was it Resident Evil 6 had the Ouroboros virus, which seems to be like, hey, guys, once you're infected, you just explode into a bunch of snakes. Hmm. What? Hmm. Dude, I don't know. What? So well, was, that was 4, wasn't it? Like, I remember no. playing 4, and there was, like, this moment where everything just became very mutant very quickly. Wait. Yeah. I, wait, no, no, just, I just want to hold on this for a second. Mm -hmm. You just explode. You become snake. Okay, so in Resident Evil 6, um, you find out that you are dealing with the Ouroboros virus. And, the Ouro and you know, everybody um, in the game seems to already know what Ouroboros is. If you don't, it is the snake that is eating its own tail. 
Yep. And it's about eternity and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the Ouroboros virus should effectively make you immortal. But what happens is if you aren't a proper host, you just grow all these crazy tendrils and stuff that look like snakes. And I really don't get it. Hmm. So, so you become a tentacle monster. For lack of a better word, yes. So what you're oh, saying dear. is the virus can affect people differently. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Viruses like, can affect people differently based off of uh, the person's physiology. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, okay. like, if you were to get infected with some virus, Drew, maybe you'd get cool superpowers that let you move faster than the speed of light. Mm. Alba Wesker. I like that. Because Albert Wesker got the Ouroboros, and that's what happened to him. Oh, that sounds pretty good. On actually. the other hand, somebody else got Ouroboros, and they just became a giant, horrible flesh monster. So, Excuse pro tip me, one. You, did you huh? just say that Wesker could move faster than the speed of light? Well, he's not flashed at the speed of light, but it like it looks like the man is dashing and there's parts there are points in time where he's visibly just oh. gone. Oh like he's, from the screen. He's yeah. flash stepping. Mm, oh dear. Much. Oh no. Mm. Oh no. So, Resident Evil as a series, to kind of talk about it as a game, uh, is one I think most people think uh I think a lot of people think of it when they think of like plagues and pandemics and viruses and games, because the games are always centered around those. It's very much like you're playing as these characters, but the main threat is always Umbrella and whatever crazy B.O.W. they've they've created this time. Right. Uh, hmm. So that's what I was asking, because it, it, it's just like one of those things of... There's a lot of series where like, oh, the hero is the main character, but it almost feels like the viruses are the main characters of like... All right, what weird thing is about to happen now? Interesting. Yeah, so, I, I would... I would, I totally get that. So, survival tip one for surviving in a Resident Evil one is be aware of evolving viruses. Mm-hmm. And number two, uh, I hate to say this, you're going to have to start hoarding everything. That is my understanding. Like, in, in Resident Evil, like, at some point, didn't save rooms used to be, like, a resource? Like, you had to get a ribbon in order to actually, like, save your game? Yes. Yep. Oof. So, um... I don't know if you guys played the earlier ones, so let me know if you have. Um, but in the early ones, it was you would have to hoard as many herbs as you wanted because those are your healing items. Mm-hmm. And then you'd also need to find ink ribbons because um, in the early games, ink ribbons were, or the ability to save was a limited consumable. Mm. You could only save so many times. I, I remember like realizing that as I was playing through, uh, I think it was like a remastered version. I don't know if it was one of the special remastered ones, but like, mm-hmm. I remember realizing that, oh shoot, like I, I save scumming, which I typically don't like to do anyway, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's like not a thing. Like you're, you're just, it's you versus the elements in every possible way. So yeah. And there's like, and there's always like different monsters there's different traps that to say one thing uh i know this is about it this has kind of been an, a talk of how to survive a certain thing so i'll, I'll kind of pull back to that uh, if you're just a person in this world god help you if you find yourself in one of the umbrella estates or like facilities because they have the wackiest puzzles mm-hmm. um like I su- go find the armor key and put that in the in this and now go get the stone object and combine it with the metal object to get the stone and metal object that now opens up that door way 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 the hell back there well i'll be honest with you adam i'm going through this book and as far as survival tips uh it doesn't list puzzle solving skills as an immediate as an immediate thing though i imagine they're just Listen. generally useful I'll, yeah. All I'm going to say is that when the apocalypse, when the pandemic-induced apocalypse happens, um, you're going to have to solve some puzzles to get out of your own goddamn bunker. <laughs> are are God, you talking about not. this bunker? Are you saying we cannot leave unless we solve a riddle? I'm not saying that directly. Okay, Zach, like, as someone who knows a bit more about the inner machinations of this cabin than I, like... If this is just like a death chamber, like just let me know now, please. Oh no, no, no! It's not. It's not a death chamber. Okay. It's not gonna kill you. Uh, it's just. It's mm. hard to leave. Okay. Okay. It, it'll let us leave when we're properly prepared to face whatever's outside. I like. That. Yeah. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's it's preparing you. I see. Um. Well, hmm. I have one last thing to say about RE series, and that's, if you are not a named character in this series, like if your name isn't Chris Redfield or Jill Valentine. 
you're essentially fucked. Oh. So, you know, there is a tip here about making sure you know your own name and the names of your friends. Well, I'm I'm still Adam. I'm still Drew. I might not be Zach anymore, but I'm probably still Zach. Well, I think we'll all have pretty good chances to show up, not just in this one, but in any sequels. Wait, wait, guys. Yes. What about audience member? Audience member? Hmm. Audience member, you're looking pretty oh, quiet there. No. They may not make it through this episode. <laughs> well, why don't we check out another chapter? Because, as we know, there are a lot of different kinds of pandemics and plagues and stuff. All right, well, let's see here. The next chapter is all about tracking tracking bacteria, viruses, and just general diseases, and uh, how they spread throughout the world. Um, hmm. Looks like there's a lot of good data here, and it has all been collected by an app called Plague Inc. Yeah, actually, that's that was a fun one I played recently. Oh, did you hmm. know? Did you know? Uh, Tell us about I it. Didn't know, I didn't know they'd... You know what? I'll be honest, uh, makes sense that they would uh, have everything mapped. Those mods can get a little wild. Um, but yeah, so Plague Inc. Uh, is a game, and like, it's really good at actually mapping things. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's necessarily accurate, but it is sort of like doing this like simulation of like diseases and as they spread and as they as they go around the world like it kind of gives you this nice like bird's eye view of of how a disease spreads mm-hmm. which are, are you just watching the disease spread or you, you no really, you, what are you, control, doing you are playing as the disease oh you are the disease yeah you are the disease um, so you you are trying to infect and then kill everyone hmm Hmm. You wow. the, you do not win the game unless every human on Earth is dead. Mm. Mm, I see. So, so how do you play as a disease? That sounds really weird. I yeah. So what you do is you select a starting location. They divide the the map of Earth into regions, and you select the kind of disease you are. You pick a bacteria or a virus or a mm-hmm. fungus or there's a lot of options. Uh, most of them are locked off when you start. But, uh, and then you select a location and then, uh, you select a couple of like symptoms or I think you get like a one basic symptom to start with or whatever. Uh, and then you give a, you're given a bunch of panels to either make yourself more infectious, to make yourself more dangerous, like more likely to kill somebody, um, and more likely to, oh God, I'm forgetting the third stat on it, which is really bad. Um, but, uh... But yeah, so so you have you have infectivity, you have severity. Sorry, there's infectivity, there's severity, and there is uh, deadliness or sort mm-hmm. of like danger, mm. um, and lethality. That's what it's called. And so infectivity is really good at getting you getting the disease to spread around to different people. Severity is how much the disease is like noticeable by the population, uh, like mm-hmm. how 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 outwardly noticeable is it, and then. Uh, and then lethality is how likely it is to kill somebody. Hmm. Oh, okay. So, so there's a there's a significant difference between like the severity of a disease and the lethality of because like because mm-hmm. it, it would make sense like as a disease would want to be like I would maybe you'd want to spread really quickly but maybe not be as severe. Yeah. Or I would want to spread really quickly and then immediately kill, but I don't want to be yeah. As, so like, like contagious or something. Yeah, so so infectivity is about is about con, uh, contagion um, mm-hmm. and, and being contagious, but uh, like severity is about how much people notice your disease. Like if the disease turns you into a zombie, for instance, and there is a mod for that, it's a very high severity disease because it's very very visible. It's very very obvious that you become sick. But mm-hmm. if it's sort of like eh, you're you like cough a bit, you, you sort of. Uh, uh, kind of like the current pandemic we're shutting down from right now. Like, mm, like we noticed relevant. it, but it took a long, long time to 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 notice it as a major issue. And yeah. we did we did a fairly good job of it, right? But at, at spotting it, the world did a fairly good job overall of noticing a disease was happening. I was gonna like, say it was it's capable of going under the radar because a lot of people are asymptomatic or or these other things, and so that's what severity is about. Ah, um, okay. so so the current pandemic that we're going through, um, as depressing it is to kind of talk about it like this, 
Yeah, uh, but this is. This I, have a, is I have a point on that. Yeah, um, we're. I'll get done. to this uh, because Plague Inc. makes you think like this. Mm. That's a low severity disease because, mm. like, it's just a bunch of people are asymptomatic. There's a bunch of people that get just mild symptoms. So it's a, it's a disease that if you don't pay very close attention, it can be very dangerous because it can spread to a bunch of people um, mm-hmm. because it has a very it has a fairly high infectivity rate and it's got just a high enough like say uh, lethality rate that it's going to kill a lot of people. Mm. Gotcha. So. Boy, that's a depressing thought. Yeah, um, so this is the problem with Plague Inc. Uh, and especially because I played this after the the, the shelter-in-place order. Um, so To take your mind off it. So Plague Inc., while you're playing it, you think, you're thinking in super clinical terms. Um, in my notes here I have, uh, you kind of disassociate a little bit while you're playing. Um, like, you, you, you enter an out-of-body world um where you're not currently you know like thinking about it but like you're trying to kill the entire population of earth mm. uh, is it one of those games where like you're playing it you're having fun like yeah i just knocked out all of china or something and then you like mentally take a step back and like all right think about what you just said in your head i mean yeah it, it's that's kind that of a is exactly version it. of risk i guess like it's you're just trying a to little bit. get your guys everywhere um but yeah so like the way the game works is that like so most of the time, or, or like from what I've noticed, um, the game will, like when you pick a location, it will sort of slowly develop in that location for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And then it hits like a major airport and suddenly everyone's infected. Wow. Um, because I just played and, with really high infectivity, right? So. And that's kind of similar to what happened with the current pandemic, I know. Because yes. it was like, it spread from this one, I think the current thought is that it spread from this one wet market and then it just got out and suddenly, oh, hey, it's it's really easy to spread and now everybody has it so now you get a lockdown oh but it crap it hit an airport and now everybody's going to the airports and stuff yeah exactly so like it's it, it like hits an airport and then suddenly it's everywhere mm-hmm. um like because an airport will take it to one place to the next place to the next place and then it's just like good luck with uh, with you know containment and the game itself thankfully the game itself doesn't um take into take social distancing into into effect mm-hmm. which oh. is very very good for you if you want to win the game it makes me feel nice and i'm like oh there's a tool that we can use that isn't gonna have us all immediately die yeah. i wonder um, if they're gonna incorporate like response time into maybe a future update where they so, where they kind of they do they they oh. totally they they put the, the severity stat is all about that response time mm. um and uh it determines it also determines the speed of how long it takes for them to make a cure that seems to be the biggest like like danger for you as the disease again you have to think in opposite terms when you're playing this fucking game Mm -hmm. um so yeah uh i i really like the part about how it actually splits up severity versus containment or contagion mm -hmm. because like that was the thing that like i keep thinking about this current plague or i call it a plague at this point because it's kind of what it is um is like it's about congestion right it's about like congesting like you know hospitals and like you know the mass amount of people who are all at the same time getting it um yeah despite you know how severe their symptoms might be and thinking about it in that respect versus like the t-virus where it's like oh yeah like you're as critically destroyed as possible uh it's interesting it's interesting to think about that yeah i was gonna say like thinking in that way and that's kind of what Zach was saying. You kind of start, once you kind of see Plague Inc. a bit, um, you start thinking about things in weird ways of like, yeah, the T-virus is probably a high severity. You'll notice it. And it's got a high lethality. Not very infectious because you got to get bitten by it. Mm. Yeah. So like, so that that's that's very true of the T-virus, um, which makes you think that it's actually not a very dangerous disease, despite the fact that it is a very dangerous disease. It's in just the horrifying if you get yeah. it. <laughs> Um, it's yeah. like, it's like a, not a good disease for Plague Inc. So, right? I will say, Plague Inc. has been in the news recently, if only because I remember when we were still, we were still learning about the, the current pandemic, the COVID-19 stuff. Mm-hmm. It was, a lot of people were trying to use Plague Inc. as a way to guess how the virus, uh, would, like, mute not mutate but basically spread mm-hmm. right and it's interesting mm. i can't vouch for how accurate it was because i don't know what the game would say but it was interesting that like plague inc got this real big bump in not- notoriety because of the current situation where like everybody's yeah. like 
Should we so, be worried? And it's like, you should probably be a bit worried. Yeah, so they, I ended up playing it. I, I think I ended <clears> up playing it that in period on accident. But <clears> I, I I basically, uh, the big again, the big thing that I noticed is that they, like, there is no option for the world to implement social distancing mm-hmm. of any mm. kind of variety. Like, well, the only kind of quarantine that exists is is uh, the idea of quarantining, like, a region from other regions. Oh. Um, and it actually, the game is pretty effective at showing you that, like, if you have any amount of infected people in a region, that region is dead. Mm. Mm. Um, like, just quarantining yourself from other regions is not going to save you. Yeah. Uh, unless I, your name is Madagascar or Greenland. I was going to ask. I, I think there is some some data that points like certain places will be pretty okay just because they're, you know, relatively yeah. isolated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like, like, like certain island nations, like remote island nations will be okay. I Like in the game that I played, uh, I killed almost everyone on the planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except for like 100,000 people in Greenland who <sighs> developed a cure. Uh, and then saved everybody else who was currently sick. Well, maybe we just need to sit tight and wait for Greenland. Yeah, you gotta wait. You gotta wait for Greenland to come out with the cure. I, I do want to add well. just one thing. Since, as you were saying, Adam, Plague Inc. was in the news. Uh, they actually had to put out a press release saying, "Thanks for playing our game. It's cool that you're trying to map this with our game. We appreciate that, and we do use like scientific data, but we're not." Like, they basically had to discourage people from using it as a simulation because people were yeah, trying to do that. Because, like, yeah. it's not. And to reinforce the fact that it's not, uh, one thing, the last thing I noticed about Plague Inc., and it really made me a lot less depressed, mm-hmm. is that you can play, it's really easy to install mods. Mm-hmm. And there's some wild fucking mods. Ooh. <laughs> Give us your favorite. Like, All right. your, your one favorite mod. Um, God. There's some there's some real wild ones. Um, I'll I'll just go with one that's easy. Um, there's one where you can play as a vampire epidemic. Oh, hmm. that's cool. And you can become vampires. Uh, I I know of one where you can basically Planet of the Apes the whole world. Wait, what's the virus there? Um, it's it's like a simian virus that makes them super intelligent, and then you use that super intelligence to oh, i actually don't even know if that's a mod that might oh, be another thing. so so it's but you use that intelligence to sort of like take over human civilizations interesting that's cool i didn't yeah, know that i didn't so. know it had a robust modding community i thought it was just kind of its own thing um it's really easy to make mods Ooh, you basically cool. like because like you basically just have like a map of uh of the different kind of symptoms that, that they can have and then you have modifiers on that and then you just basically have a world map. And so basically you take one of the disease types and then you can sort of like customize the kind of symptoms that you can get, how, how it can be infectious, what it can do there. So like there's a lot of different options in that regard. Mm. And so I'd imagine it's relatively easy to just make a mod and set an app, send it out there. Huh. Interesting. That's cool. Well. Just just to give a little levity to this very dark discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, are, are there any other survival tips that we can glean from Plague Inc.? Um, shockingly insightful game about plagues yeah uh again implement social distancing it's literally the one thing that did not account for in the game itself and it seems to be the most effective means at the Mm, moment thank god we're each sitting in a different corner of the quarantine room that's right pass me the pass me the mountain dew it's okay Uh, after two weeks of the quarantine room we'll be able to high five each other again oh good oh good ah well, you know, what's next in our book? Well, actually, in the same chapter, they reference um, a particular event that occurred in World of Warcraft. Uh, I've never been uh-huh. a big WoW player, but I think uh, I suppose. Yeah. You guys know anything about this? Says something about they had a glitch, and uh, yeah, for a hot moment, everyone got infected by pets or something like that. I don't know. It's a little weird. I uh, yeah. So. It is called so. Here's here's kind of the situation. Um, way back in like the original versions of WoW, I think this maybe you might even go back to like vanilla WoW or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, just so y'all know, I actually don't play much World of Warcraft myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't play it at all. I, I've played a little bit here and there, but this was actually something that we learned about at school one time, and it as we were kind of kind of getting all familiar with this stuff. This was one of those things that kind of came up of like, a, oh yeah, we did learn about that. So, in World of Warcraft, it is called the Corrupted Blood Incident. Ooh. So, here's how this worked. 
Um, in World of Warcraft, you can go on multiple on multi-man raids, and you go in and uh, you go in with your huge group and you fight this boss. And I'm trying I'm trying to read the, the boss's name. I think it was Zul Gurub. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's and it's end boss Hakar the Sa- the Soul Flayer. So soul. So you're fighting Hakar, and one of Hakar's big things is that it would place a uh, a damage over time or a dot on your character. Hmm. It's called corrupted blood. So here's how this would work. And Zach, I know you're playing a lot of 14, so I would like you to imagine this happening in 14, just to see how bad this goes. Yeah. When you're in this raid boss, you can bring your pets and you will get hit with this dot and you have the corrupted blood status effect on you. Okay. What apparently happened was is that you would die or leave the zone, but your pet and, and when you leave the you leave the zone, you're kind of cleansed of all of the raid boss's unique debuffs. But apparently for whatever reasons of this bug is that the corrupted blood status effect would get on the pet and it wouldn't actually uh, leave the pet once it was there. So I'm actually looking at the wiki page. Oh. Full disclosure. This is where I'm listening it. Mm-hmm. Due to a programming oversight, when hunters or warlocks dismiss their pets, those pets would keep any active debuffs when summoned again, including the corrupted blood status effect. I so love imagine it. this. I love it. You have it. your hunter or warlock standing around that can dismiss your pet. You dismiss them. And bring him back, and now they have this unique raid boss uh, dot. Hmm. The big catch of this dot is that it's not just you that gets it. It, In terms of the raid fight, it's supposed to be like one person gets it, and then it jumps to other uh, players. Okay. So, or like near, it has a proximity thing. It's so contagious. You're, you're a, a hunter walking around. You bring your pet after just defeating Hakar the Soul Flare, and now... You've just infected everyone around you with the corrupted blood uh, status effect. Hmm. And to my knowledge, I don't know. I, I can't read it off here. So if you if people want to go ahead and read this, they can. Uh, there was no easy way to get rid of this thing because it, it's a raid thing. It just sits there. So what was happening is you had all these players walking around just getting chunked for he- for damage. And it actually turned out to be this huge, huge pandemic in the game. To the point where they had to reset the world state multiple times to try to get rid of it. And they would oh. miss people and it would respread. Oh no. And apparently um, non-player characters would contract it. Oh my god. Here's something I didn't know. Apparently NPCs could contract the what? demon. What? Oh be killed. no. Oh uh, no. In effect turned them into asymptomatic disease carriers and a form of vector. Oh my god! Wait, that's NPCs so bad. would get it and then they wouldn't lose health? Because well, they're NPCs, they can't be killed. Oh god! So they would just be so, perpetually carrying the virus. So and, like they would be acting down. completely normal. Like you would just yeah. get it. That, that's actually it's interesting. I didn't know that until just rereading this. Is that that's kind of similar to what's happening with the COVID nineteen thing? Is that um, the reason we have to social distance and do this stuff is because one of the things is that you can be asymptomatic. You can be uh, infected with this virus and you wouldn't know it because you're not showing any symptoms mm-hmm. just like these NPCs that does not mean that anybody who's asymptomatic is an NPC just want yeah, to throw that out there yeah just tossing that one out there <laughs> uh, so yeah full disclosure so they did multiple resets and finally they were able to get rid of it mm. but one thing that kind of happened and kind of what Drew alluded to is that real world scientists used this as a way to check how the a virus would spread throughout a community and what actions different characters would take because hmm. uh, yeah. they were like okay what are people doing to get rid of this so, okay well some people are stockpiling I... on uh-huh. yeah. Go ahead. okay so so one thing i do want to mention about this before you start talking about this the reason why these this disease could be horrible is that a lot of raiding parties and, and a lot of players in mmos will congregate into hubs mm-hmm. oh, so uh-huh. masses yeah. and masses of players will hang out in a hub and I'm just imagining, like, one summon could go and infect, like, 13, 14, 15, 16 people before the guy yeah. notices it. And Think then about this. suddenly it's just like, boom, the entire hub has this disease. Mm. Think about this. 
I know for a fact in FF14 there are some NPCs that are major quest givers that people just congregate around. Yep. Yo, what if that guy catches it and now anybody who wants to go do this quest and doesn't know is infected? Yeah, and exactly. And the thing is, uh, I think it would just dist- like it would just chunk your health down and you would die. Um, and you wouldn't even know why. It would just happen. I, oh my god! You would never be able to rest. I don't know if it was a case that like you'd respawn because it's a video game. You respawn and you'd have it. Or if you could just easily get reinfected again, because that'd be the worst. I I have the feeling what would happen. No, when you die, usually all debuffs, all buffs and debuffs and all status effects are reset. That's how you probably wouldn't get it, but it's probably like, hey, I'm going to go into the hub to get health potions so I can live. Oh, God, I contracted the disease. Yeah, exactly. Walking into the hub would get you the disease. So you would just never stand in the hub. So to go back to it, it's like. Real world scientists would look at this and they were like, okay, what are people doing? They're stockpiling items. They're really just keeping their distancing. But the reason I found this out is because there is a subset of people that I will dub complete assholes who would knowingly have the virus and then go get others infected as a form of, ooh, Ooh. look at me. Ah, the edge boys. Hmm. Um, And unfortunately, the the sad reality of it is like, apparently there are some people who are doing this with the COVID-19 that are like, oh, I'm infected. I don't care. Uh, I'm going to go do something. I'm going to keep going out. I'm going to do something stupid. And like, I don't care who gets infected. It's like, yeah, I just, wow. I'm fuck them. Um, Which is funny because they actually dismissed that in the, in the study because they're like, oh, people are only doing that because they're, it's a video game. They don't, it, it's fine. It's like, yeah, it's not fine. That seems really bad. I, I think in, in this case, maybe it's less malicious, like, haha, video game, and more just like, fuck it, I do what I want, with the same results. Yeah. Like, just well, I mean, not caring about well, other you people. Can, okay, so you, you can see it in a similar attitude to people who are putting economy over lives. Yeah, I guess it's not quite the exact same equivalent, rather than, like, one person's just having some goofy fun, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, getting other people infected in a video game. But you see a similar effect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that there will be contingents of people who will advocate for or will actively pursue um, things that will make things worse, mm-hmm. um, that will make things more infectious, that will get more people sick, that will get more people uh, injured, and that these sorts of things, like, there's going to be this element or this aspect that's going to make a a large pandemic situation worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you gotta it was just a. That. It was a really interesting article uh, to read about. Again, uh, it's called the Corrupted Blood Incident. God, what a name that is, huh? I know they made it to be so that it would spread, like that it was highly infectious, right? Mm-hmm. But like, Corrupted Blood is just such a good fucking name. It's it works for what it is very well. Yeah. Uh, was mm-hmm. that part of like an NPC or like someone who actually started it off, or is it just a community name that's really sick and they decided to use it? Oh, that that was the name of the status. No, that was the name of the status. The Hakar the Soul Flayer would give you. Good God, I I just wanted to say that like um, it it's just a. It's wild to me that it's a simulation. It's digital. Like, I would think, oh, you know, we're developers. We can just turn it off. But because of, like, inherent human nature, which they don't control, they actually had trouble, like, destroying it, even though they can control the entire world. Like, that's terrifying Mm -hmm. to me. Like, they invented it, but because of, like, people being people, they actually lost control for a little bit. That's, like oh god i just yeah you had to do a bunch of hard resets well it's like like you're literally like a god and you still don't have full control over this it's like oh please i only need one existential dread at the moment let's go to the next chapter before i get sad again fair enough yeah that was that was a depressing chapter let's move on fair enough well you know what um let's go to something that's a little bit more uh positive positive that isn't that raw data oh oh here we go um, this chapter is just what we're doing now. How to survive a lockdown. Uh, give, give me a moment. Hmm. Let me let me just skim it a little bit. Mm-hmm. 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 Babies. Babies. Running. Running. Babies? Carrying. Carrying. Mm. Uh, peeing. 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 Uh, health management. Oh! Oh, they're talking about Death Stranding. They're drawing directly from Death oh. Stranding. Huh. Oh. <sighs> You know, um, you know, I got my problems with this you know, author. Mm, mm, well, he's a bit long-winded, and some of the sentences here really don't make a ton of sense. Uh, I feel like it might be a rough translation kind of thing going on. 
when all of this pandemic stuff was going down and people were starting to get like, hey, you need to stay indoors. And now we're starting to rely more on delivery services. It was like, okay, okay, Kojima. People being stuck, a nameless unseen threat, people wanting to be drawn together. What did you know, Kojima? I, wait, let me uh, let me explain this. Adam, I think you and I mm. both know, like, Kojima's a prophet. This man sees Pretty the future. Much. He he <laughs> has a amazing way of making something that seems incredibly batshit, like Metal Gear Solid 2, Revengeance, uh, Death Stranding, apparently. Uh, and then in a few years, it's like, oh, that sort of happened. Uh, with Metal Gear, it was all about predicting memes and their terrible effect on humanity. With Rising, it was boy that war economy dough and here mm -hmm. uh in death stranding the premise seems to be the world is crumbling we need to work together to survive um and you know yeah. i gotta say playing through death stranding it's actually kind of an optimistic apocalypse if that makes sense it's a happy apocalypse it's an apocalypse but everybody's smiling well not smiling no. people <laughs> are crying and lots of terrible things are happening but uh... i i call it that because a lot of the game is about people saying, we need to work together. This is important. Let's use the tools at our disposal and really like just just do whatever it is to make sure that this part of the network works and this node's okay. It's a lot of taking care of each other and sharing, right? Mm -hmm. For those who don't know, in this game, there is not a virus or a plague per se, but this sort of supernatural entity that is invisible save to a few people, right? Like you can go out and things will seem mm -hmm. fine and most of nature will be okay. But these invisible creatures will actually grab you and, you know, pull you away. Stuff happens. Things happen uh, in a very Kojima-y way. And they have massive collateral effects on people. For example, if you get taken by a bt and killed you basically cause what is called a void out and it's basically this giant explosion that could actually like level entire cities and the like and honestly uh, when i first played yeah. the game before the pandemic i was like okay kojima that's a bit extra and i stand by that but it does actually illustrate pretty nicely the idea of contagion and the idea of one person gets affected everyone gets affected it's yeah. it's just kind of really it's a weird idea that actually has a weird amount of practical application i think it's one of the things with kojima where kojima probably best defines the term being extra mm -hmm. uh everything he does is just that one step more or one step everything um and it was funny because i know you and i have talked about death stranding on this on this podcast mm -hmm. a lot drew um and it is interesting of like, if you kind of take away the supernatural part, if you kind of take away all of the, oh, you know, why is he hooked up to a baby? Why does he have this thing? The core message of Death Stranding is very, uh, you know, relevant to right now. It is people out of kind of fear and trying to survive have isolated themselves away as far as possible, but they still have this deep desire to be united. And you are playing as a delivery man going around trying to keep people connected you, are. you know with strands yes strands oh. and that's kind of the thing it was like a lot of his games is like once you kind of the core message is there but the night but the fun of it is all of the extra stuff just on top like okay kojima i'll bite what's happening this time guys there's ghosts and they'll do this it'll cause an explosion like all right, Kojima, I'm in. Well, I mean, I just, I love the idea of, like, this invisible enemy terrifies everyone for good reason. Mm -hmm. And the game actually, to its credit, if you, like, read through some of the logs and, uh, and such, it has this interesting sort of tangent about not being afraid of technology and the evolution of it, which I often mm -hmm. find games try to sort of go down that route of, like, oh, we have to be careful, you know, be wary, the machines can take over... Which, you know, fair. It mm -hmm. actually does a very interesting job, I'll say, of trying to balance that with you have good agents, you have bad agents, and they will use these tools accordingly. But in yeah. the game, it really does encourage this sort of balance with nature and technology. It doesn't demonize the idea that we built these tools. It very actively says Sam survives because he has this special suit. He has these interesting tools that help him achieve more. And he has these 
tools that let yeah. him communicate with other players and other, you know, bunkers throughout the world. And it, it just sort of, I think it's a very positive way and a very constructive way of saying if we work together and if we actually just like focus up, really sort of like, you know, manage things accordingly, like we can be okay and we can mm. actually build something really great. It's just, it's so interesting. It just, it's interesting you mention that because I know right now um, a lot of like streaming services, gaming services are seeing crazy increased use, uh, not just because people are in shelter in place, but because people, because they're shelter in place, they still want to connect. And like, it's kind of what you were saying, uh, Drew, in that like the game does have this very positive message of, because in the game, the problem is, is that they're setting up this, They've basically been cut off from all communication. The internet is kind of lost in the world of Death mm-hmm. Stranding. Where and part of it is you setting up this network. And but here we still have our network, so we can still talk and we can still be together. Like the other night, I think we tried doing a Netflix party thing, and that worked out yeah. really well. Yeah. Uh, you know, except when the extension didn't work for half of us and we had to do it the old fashioned yeah, way. Yeah, but even then, you know, you're using uh, your computer, you have it, you have these tools at your disposal, and you know, I don't know about you guys, but like every so often I'll run into someone who's like, oh no, you know, meeting in person's the only true way to connect with people. We all feel super isolated, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. And you know, there there's discussions to be had about that. Like no no hate. Yeah. But I do think one thing coming out of this, everyone having to stay inside, everyone having to find alternative ways of doing the things they do naturally, is they are, Mm -hmm. you know, they're looking to what is at their disposal. And what's at their disposal is the internet and their social networks. And, you know, just doing what they can to stay connected in a time of crisis and in a time of trouble. And it's reflected very, I would argue, beautifully in that game. Even if it does have a good five hours of drudgery you got to dig through to get to it (laughs) Uh, i don't want to i don't want to praise the game too much i think it has its uh its quirks we'll say but it's so relevant right now there were two things i want to say about death stranding that that it's kind of got me interested it's something you said about like an unseen threat Mm kind of deal um i don't know if you guys have had this tell me if you have i've had to go outside every once in a while to get like groceries Mm -hmm. and stuff it feels not to say i'm paranoid but there is kind of this weird sense of like kind of unease when you're walking around especially in big groups when we're supposed to be social distancing where i'm like i don't know who's infected or what and i feel like this thing is getting closer absolutely to me. i i absolutely get terrified going to the grocery store yeah you, you've described all of my grocery store interactions <laughs> every every time i go to the grocery store it's just a matter of like don't do not put your face in the direction of the person you are walking past to, to turn completely yeah. away from them and then stare intently at the bagger as he as he bags your groceries <laughs> with his bare hands and just hope to god they say, use Purell, Purell a lot mm-hmm. i had a moment where i was walking past this group uh, this pretty big group and i actually did i don't know why my brain thought the good idea was to I better hold my breath. I don't want to inhale. No. Anything. And I actually had like oh the my God. hold breath and walk past people. And it made me think, because that is a thing you do in Death Stranding. The the BTs can sense your breathing and will come to you if you're breathing too heavily. Yeah. And it's like, oh God, Kojima, please. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, literally, I, I hold my breath every time I walk past somebody. I, I am fortunate enough to have a cloth face mask that I got for the fires earlier last year. So it's getting some reuse now. So that's helpful. Yeah, that's good. And I think the one other thing, and I think uh, we had kind of talked about this. It really does kind of praise the everyman. It does. It does. It, there's so many missions about, you know, collecting goods from farmers, collecting goods from, you know, engineers, from doctors, from, you know, artists, just Anything that makes you feel human mm-hmm. and keeps you alive is just, like, given... I don't want to say it's put on a pedestal, but it does celebrate that. Like, you literally play as yeah. a delivery person, which is essential right now and in that game. Yeah. It, it, this pandemic, and I think Death Stranding is just a good showcase of it, really does show kind of, the, like, how important the everyman jobs are. They're not always the most celebrated, but when the chips are down, they are the essential things that people need. Uh, and, you know, somebody has to do them. Like, right now, we have uh, people that are working that are essential, that are like, you know, they need to still work these hospitals, they need to still work the delivery service mm-hmm. and all that. Um, uh, and I feel like just in terms of a game, I feel like... I don't feel like any other game has really tried to celebrate those kind of jobs and those kind and that kind of lifestyle 
like Death Stranding has. Because it really does... When you play Death Stranding, you come away with, like, delivery men are literally God's angels. <laughs> oh, my no, God. There's no other way to say this. I think what it does is it plants its flag very firmly in the everyone is valuable, everyone has a use or a way of working with each other, and you need the more people in that network, the better off you all are. And so all that diversity mm -hmm. is important, and all those different ways of life and ways of contributing are important and are valued. And I think that's a good survival tip for life, is all I will say. Yeah. God, that's too much positivity. <laughs> now, let's get back to fucking skeleton soldiers on the beaches of uh, Vietnam. <laughs> Actually, though, I'm not going to spoil shit for you. What's the, what's the next chapter we well, got, Well, let's through? see here. Oh, this is interesting. Um, we've got a chapter on how to survive in the wilderness during times of... Uh, basically, it says harvest... I don't know. It's a lot about foraging, a lot about survive. Oh, how to get past lions, tigers, bears, squids, um, wolves, mm, squids. wolves, wolves. Um, oh, squids. Talking about making wolves? it through Bloodborne. It's just a Bloodborne let's play via text in this book. Oh my wow. god. Oh. How interesting. That's a new one. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, do you guys know a thing or two about this crazy game called Bloodborne? Maybe? I may know a thing Ooh, or two. You may know a thing or two. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. What kind of plague does Bloodborne fall under? Is it a blood plague? Is it an animal, like, infestation? What well, is it? Well, one thing it makes note of here that I think is interesting is it notes that in Bloodborne, you slowly learn about the plague over time. And in fact, it's something that isn't really fully understood by anyone. It's more of this strange anomaly that people are kind of just terrified of, which I think is kind of interesting. Like when I think about the choir, when I think about, you know, the researchers, when I think about like the people huddled up in their buildings, like we are now, they all have very different mm. understandings of what's going on. Um, there's a bit of, dare I say, disinformation floating about behind what the actual problem might be. <laughs> now I'm just imagining a note in like something, uh, the choir is spreading fake news. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I trust, I trust Ludwig only. Fake news from you the joke, choir. You joke, but that is kind of an element of the game, isn't it? Like, you know, people- There's a strong element, like there's a strong element that the, uh, the disease is being sort of hidden from the public yeah yeah um although that's coming from that's coming from the choir is hiding information from the public to be fair, whereas ludwig is like the... actively trying to solve the problem to be fair yeah. a lot of the game uh the authors of the game tend to be pretty open-ended with their storytelling anyway so we might be mm -hmm. reading a lot into it but i was thinking back on bloodborne and it is pretty interesting to me that like different people think it's tied to beasts different people think it's tied to you the outsider the foreigner uh mm -hmm. some people seem to know the truth behind oh that. yeah you know there is a lot in the game about just like freaking out and being scared of the unknown you know and oh yeah no no, no. Is, there's so is... much there's so much about that just the total like disinformation going on with everybody who is on the ground regarding it mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. like when you get to the people who are like the school of mensas people or the choir people like they actually know what's going on and mm -hmm. it is there's a certain terror to behold and just like you started off this game not knowing anything you were exactly the same as these people hold up in their homes and there's just a plague out and it's trying to kill you and you need to survive and it it's it's a certain kind of like oh god what the fuck is going on um, yeah it's very relatable i was gonna say <laughs> i think I actually think the early parts of Bloodborne probably relate more to kind of what we were saying of like when people are just kind of there, like they're all held, hold up their house. And I think it's really interesting, kind of as Drew was saying, of how because you can talk to you can knock on the door and talk to them. And some of them like, oh, the beasts are out there spreading, spreading this thing. And then some people are like, oh, the blood is helping. Oh, the blood isn't helping. Oh, it's I bet it's the outsider. And it is interesting. Um just because as you go around like the game has this very thing of i don't think it's any big secret but there is kind of this eldritch fear in bloodborne mm -hmm. that you'll you'll kind of learn uh and the game's old enough that i feel like people will have kind of should at least know on the bare level there's kind of a greater 
eldritch threat going on yeah but what's actually interesting to me is that like how lovecraftian lore and all that stuff is always the fear of the unknown of like this fear of the greater thing and i feel like the everyman in in bloodborne's town super exemplify that kind of fear of like everybody has their own theory of i think it's this so i won't trust you and even like major npcs are all kind of after the same thing and you get the sense that maybe even you get the sense that not even the choir or the scholar of mensis a hundred percent know how all of this is interconnected yeah at least that's the feeling i got is that like i know that the blood does this when i do this but that's not necessarily exactly what it's doing it's just kind of what i think it's doing and that's what you kind of yeah, yeah. and part of the game is you as the player kind of filling in the gaps it's, or taking all of the threads and tying so together. it's it's it kind of comes into this aspect of like the unknown and like trying mm-hmm. to grapple with not knowing everything what's going on um and it actually has a very good lead in back to like the real world uh for not just this particular pandemic which we don't fully understand and we don't have a full like grasp of like what it can do what it can't do um exactly how dangerous it is and things like that there mm-hmm. are some there are some elements like that or like and then there are other el- unknown elements like how effective is social distancing is it gonna curve things off is it gonna get better who knows I mean, like, not who knows. It's probably going to help, yeah. but the degree it, it of which kinda it kind of got helps. me. But it's not quantifiable. It's not something we have absolute faith in. It's something you kind of have to believe and hope works out, I guess. Right, and here's mm. the last thing that's probably a little bit like that. Like, it's scary for me because I had a full year of this hell. But, it, like, it relates back to medicine generally. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of aspects of medicine where the doctor's just like, if you're not feeling bad, you're fine. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you just kind of kind of live with the fact that like, all right, I don't know if this is good or not. Now, I want to stop us real quick here because uh, this is one of the things about at least the current COVID thing. And it kind of relates to Bloodborne a little bit is that like each of the characters believes what like this is how it is. And they try to give you advice on it. It's very difficult to actually know what are good guidelines. That's yeah. kind of like Who to why trust? Who to it's trust, really like really? You, sh- you should listen to the CDC and you should listen to the World Health Organization because they're probably the leading body on this and yeah we're pretty sure they're not hiding some kind of eldritch horror we mm. think pretty sure so i'm pretty positive i got some one. faith in the cdc uh, but, i think they're the ones to trust right about now yeah like but and that's kind of what i'm saying like it does kind of relate back to the real world of like how many times have we seen articles going on of like hey do this but not this and re- like you know, oh, if you do this thing, you're you've definitely got it. But if you have, if you do this thing, you definitely mm-hmm. don't. And it's very hard to know who to try, like kind of what to listen right, for, unless yeah. it's coming from a an authority figure like the World Health Organization or like the CDC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thankfully kind of in this world, uh, our our global institutions, our, our sort of like leading institutions, aren't in fact trying to mislead us into misery, and death, and the bringing on of mm-hmm. eldritch abominations. That's always nice. That's always nice. That would suck. Uh, It also has a point here that um, during plague times where, you know, loose fitting clothing that covers your face, um, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just a little physical touch. (laughs) Seems a little unrelated, (laughs) but still important. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know who posted it. I think it was tall. I think it was Drew. You Uh, I almost said tall (laughs) Drew. I was like, wait a minute. There's only the one Drew here. Um. Where you were like, all right, everybody, if you're going to go outside, please pick your appropriate post-apocalyptic attire. <laughs> Are you going to go for cyberpunk, goth punk, desert punk, diesel punk? Like, oh, you got to pick something. You got to pick a like, punk. Um, so, actually, Adam, uh, I saw another one. This is totally unrelated. But uh, somebody was saying that, like, like uh, um, that they were really excited um, to end uh, shelter in place because they wanted to see the time skip version of everybody they knew. Oh, oh my I god, that is what's gonna happen. <laughs> We're all gonna exit our homes. That's and amazing. Just gonna be like, oh, that's time skip, Adam. <sighs> Where? We- hey guys, it's the first gathering after the COVID nineteen pandemic. Uh, I was in the tuning exam, and now I've had the time skip. <laughs> I just want to point out that we have, in fact, um gone full circle and talked about clothing in bloodborne as we did in episode one. Oh god <laughs> we got there all right Achieved something here all right drew what what other chapters look well, let's good let's see here maybe like one or maybe like we one got, more 
It's a pretty short book. It's got some great information. Uh, we've got this last one. Something about mental breakdowns. Let's see here. And it, it, it there's no text. There's just this... It's, it's a QR code to a YouTube video. Um... And on top of it, it looks like it's just something about this game called Pathologic 2. Yeah, okay. Hmm. I, who's who's the author of this book again? Um, Ritzel, Smitzel, Spitzel, Bitzel. Oh! Yeah, that dude's a warlock. Oh! Now it all makes sense. Is he? Oh! Okay. All right, so... Old man Ritzel. Well, they're talking right. about Pathologic. Yeah. Um, which... I, I watched that H-Bomber guy video. Mm, what can you tell us about Pathologic 2? So, okay, so Pathologic is a is a game by a... is, is an indie game by a Russian company, um, and it is about um, a, like, small Russian town um, that Uh-oh. is sort of hit... That's not good. That is sort of uh, hit by this, like, really deadly virus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's called Pathologic. It's you know, going to relate to uh, pathologians, pathogen, pathogen or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, and it takes place over twelve days as this town just completely falls apart. Um, and it is a well acclaimed game, and it is a uh, it, it won a lot of awards in Russia, like a lot of awards in Russia. Um, but it mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of fame outside of Russia, primarily because the translation was Garbo. Mm and like the translation was just really bad and the game was really buggy and the game is oppressively difficult and is really bad at telling you what it's supposed to be doing Mm. so Um, a collection of good terms for this game's really hard this game is really really hard and it's it's hard because the game is intentionally hard and it's also hard because like the game is broken in certain ways Mm -hmm. um and so you, you sort of play through Pathologic and you get to the end. Um, and, and the other thing is that the game is supposed to, supposed to be absolutely oppressive um, with you, like, scavenging through, like, garbage cans mm. in order to survive. Okay. So it's, a, it's um, how you it's, would survive just when you're not and, doing so good, when, you, when, you yeah. don't, when you're down and out, as it would be? So, so, so in the original Pathologic, like, um, a really good example is, like, day one uh everything is priced normally date like by the end of day one a pandemic has been declared so every single shopkeeper in town or like the main shopkeepers in town jack their prices by 10 times that amount mm. so you're given an amount to start the game oh. with that's like relatively reasonable you have a little bit of, you'll have a little bit of extra money stockpiled yeah. maybe uh and then like the next day immediately you can't afford anything price gouging can i ask Maybe I, maybe I missed something. Are you playing as like a city manager, or so are you just playing as a regular dude in a town? It's, it's uh, imagine you were playing a Skyrim. It's a first person. You're playing as a person. Oh, okay. So, For some reason in my head, I had this thought that it was a city. Oh management no, thing, no, no. Uh, and I was really confused. No, no, no. You are playing as a person. You can play as one of the three different people. Uh, two of them are residents of the town, and one person has come in from out of town. Um, mm-hmm. but that's not actually, but I haven't actually played Pathologic, so I don't know as much about it. And, uh, I did play the intro to Pathologic 2, though. Um, mm. and there's a lot of, like, weird spiritual things going on that I haven't mm-hmm. processed as much, but there's a section of that tutorial, uh, and it is a tutorial, a very effective tutorial. I was very happy about that. Um, what is so effective about it? Uh, because it's like you're going through a fever dream. It, it feels kind of tutorially, but it also feels like... It's teaching you everything about the game. It's also really interesting, right? It's also introducing you to, like, all of the different aspects of the game right at the beginning. Well, I ask because in in the H-Bomber video, it looks like the tutorial is that sort of uh, theater section where you walk through and it's kind of a right. dreamscape. Is it the same in so, 2 or is it already in the town? Yeah, so, so in 2, like, your tutorial is like a full tutorial. And it's a genuine dreamscape in that you're going to different areas at different points. Like, for instance, like, one of the endpoints of the game is, like, all hell is broken loose. And you mm-hmm. have to walk over to the cathedral. But, like, you actually walk through the actual cathedral. They put you at the very end of the game and have you walk towards the uh, the cathedral. Um, and so, like, they're, they're being kind of prophetic with your dreams. Like, because you're having a dream as you're, you're making your way to the... Uh, as you're making your way to the... 
um as, as sort of like you're, you're like on a train and you keep falling asleep oh okay and so you sort of make your way there but one section of that tutorial um i'm going to come back to this is like walking t- through the town at the end of the game where the military has shown up and they're trying to put this down and you're like walking through this town as like guys with guns and flamethrowers are putting people up against walls because Ooh. they're sick oh so oh. so it, oh. it, it's um, a bit of and a, you're like uh, anarchy has broken out at this point or yeah like like at this point in the game all hell is broken loose like houses are on fire people are sick or dead in the streets um and again there's just like army officers all over the place and they all have weapons and they're all just shooting down whoever's there basically martial law showed up and then like we need we're taking this over like we need to put this down and they put it down with extreme force damn Um, and i actually know one of the endings to the original pathologic was like they just blow up the whole fucking town hey fun fact that's what they do in resident evil oh yeah in uh resident evil 2 and 3 um they can't contain the spread of the t-virus in raccoon city so just to make sure they don't like it doesn't go anywhere they nuke all of raccoon city it's gone yeah why don't any games why don't any more games have raccoon city it's gone but yeah um so i and i know so let me ask you about three do you think uh, so this you play the tutorial pathologic yep. 2 do you think you'll go back to play it? I to plan on get a bit finishing more the whole game. Uh, the one problem I have is that the game has mm-hmm. shamed me into playing the hardest difficulty. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and, How has it shamed you? Like, they specifically say it's the way it's intended to be played, but you can play it on easier difficulties. Oh, I see. Um, oh, that, no. That's just salt in the wound. Like, well, the other, the other thing is that the, the three difficulties they have, the easiest difficulty is they said, like, this isn't easy. There is no easy mode on this game. Or like they specifically said, this isn't a story mode. Mm. This is still a very mm. challenging game, right? But like, we'll ease up on it a bit so that you can maybe make it to the end. Whereas like the that... intended difficulty is the hardest difficulty, which is like mm-hmm. the most oppressive, the most scavenging you have to do. And you just have to sort of like, like the oppressive atmosphere is part of the game and they're trying to get you to to engage with that gotcha um the other thing is that the game isn't necessarily super hard in terms of mechanics it's more so hard in terms of they just don't give you resources i see and and they just make everything harder to deal with um so uh so yeah i was shamed on the hardest difficulty and i actually plan on streaming it for maybe you guys or maybe Ooh. some other friends Ooh. Uh, or maybe audience Ooh. members if audience members are interested email the network email and then i might try and set something up yeah, and we will post it on our that's twitter cool. channel so that you can follow along at a moment's notice so that's that's a excellent plug for everybody else who's in who's doing shelter <laughs> in place <laughs> you'll have something to do hey man you find entertainment where you can get yeah it. exactly well well that was pathologic drew got any more in that big old book uh, let's see here there's a little addendum at the end Let's see here. It just says, have a great day, stay safe, wash your hands, and stay six feet away from people if you can. Um, yeah. Oh, that's a good rhyming scheme. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, a nice little uh, reminder to call call your mom, call your dad if you got them, uh, and to just be good mm-hmm. to people. It's just a nice list of, hey, be good to people. It's rough, but you'll get through it. That's nice. Yeah, right. Sounds wonderful. Well... Since we're wrapping this up, audience member, we thank you so much for being here. But unfortunately, this light has been blaring at us that this place can only hold mm. three. But we're, so we're going to have to send you out. But now you have all of the information you need to survive oh, this. Oh, wait. Actually, one moment. If you if you could just stand in the circle over there, I've got a, a panel that I can use to, to disinfect them. Oh, no. I'm not disinfecting them. I'm teleporting them. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. Just make well, it a clean Well, before exit. you leave... We have we send you off with one more thing, Zach. We need a lesson of the day before this audience member can go out right. in the world and face. All this. right. Well, very importantly, hey there, everybody. It's time now for the lesson of the day. Today's lesson: make sure to wash your hands for at least twenty seconds. It's like, and to keep at least six feet away from from strangers and people who are not living inside your household and people inside your household, if possible until for the full duration of this pandemic 
and uh, that way that you can be safe and you can make sure your communities stay safe and that you can uh, reduce the, the spread and the infectivity of the disease currently making its way through the world. And uh, that's the lesson of the day. Thanks, everybody. Good hmm. stuff, man. Audience member, we'll see you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Ah, fantastic. Well, non-audience member, thanks for listening in. If you like what you heard, you can reach out to us on Twitter, on Facebook, or at good old teamnitwick at gmail.com. That's team, N-I-T-W-I-C at gmail.com. Uh, our outro music is going to be by the lovely pro leader. With that, have a good day, stay safe, and um, wash your hands. Goodbye! Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody.